0: And we are live the let them burn are you winning son episode brought to you by Butthurt
1: hurt Heffa- because everything goes better with a case of butter
0: <laughs> and we are the show to address all the butthurt
1: mctubus what... makes everything better <laughs>
0: that's right because a case of butt hurt makes everything better. Guys in the chat, hey, look, Lone Warrior's here. Bacon is, well, he was here. I don't know if he still is or not. But, guys in the chat, guys on the panel, like the topic is, I gotta ask you the question Are you winning, son? How's it going, guys? Because I'll tell you what, for me at least, I thought my best year in the last decade was in 2015 because that was the year I got divorced and I hit the ground running and started dating, started spinning plates as the term goes, where I was seeing multiple women simultaneously, and I I, I hadn't quite gotten to. The whole truly not giving a fuck thing, but I was pretty close to it at that point. So 2015 was a stellar year. And the other years after, they've not been bad. Well, of course, 2020 kind of sucked the big one, okay? There was a lot of butt hurt going on in 2020. But I'll tell you what, we're only to the end of January of 2021. And this year so far is turning out to be fucking spectacular. If it just kind of keeps going, I'm going to have to be like, you know what? 2021 may be the year, guys. And that's why I had to bring up the topic. Are you winning, son? Because even though I'm sitting on the sidelines for everything and just watching shit go down, I'm telling you what, you cannot make up the shit that we're seeing. The shit that's gone on since January 6th. Till right now, today, January twenty eighth, and God knows what tomorrow and uh, the thirty uh, first, the thirtieth, or the, the final few days of the the month are gonna bring. God knows what the rest of the year is gonna be like, but January is already giving us a preview. It's like holy shit, guys, we are winning, son. I'm telling you what. So that's how I look at it. Ah, safety docs in the house. We
1: are definitely winning.
0: I think so. Well, at least McTubus is being honest. He's like, well, I'm not losing. So.
1: Hey, buddy, not losing is winning.
2: It's not like we're hedge fund managers or anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this, this is... I tweeted about it briefly. I, I am not invested in this whole thing with what everybody's doing. Uh, I don't even fully understand all the details of it, of how we got here. I think it's a beautiful thing because we're watching shit start to burn in real time. And, and I love yeah. it, I just, I love it. You know, contrary to,
1: contrary to what we saw earlier in the month where, you know, having a, having a, you know, Having a selfie at the Capitol was counting for sticking it to the man or actually doing something. The shit that all these dudes have been doing to the hedge funds with GameStop and AMC and whatnot. If you really want to do something that effectively sticks it to the man, you know, my my best two examples for the last year are Kyle Rittenhouse. And these motherfuckers who have, you know, busted the hedge fund. And I think that's, I think there's a lesson in that.
0: Well, absolutely. And, And it's funny that you say that because I'm sitting there and going back to the storming of the Bastille and you know pat stedman gets himself arrested for all of his trouble and his stupidity and there's been different guys who've said oh he's got balls and i'm like yeah he does not gonna argue that he has balls he's missing a few in the brain cell department because an overabundance of balls and a lack of brains makes for good cannon fodder is what that is and there was guys even trying to start a trend like a hashtag of pull a stedman And yet, then all of a sudden, the autists in Reddit decided to go on a stock exchange adventure. Totally, pretty much, you know, well, so much for Pat Steadman. who gives a fuck. Yeah, who gives a fuck about that guy? because we've we got uh you know we've got this going on and i'm looking at it and i'm thinking you know it's so funny all these different guys pat included talking about being patriarchs and being revolutionaries because they went and did selfies at the capitol and yet like i tweeted earlier the american revolution back in the day going back 200 plus was started over money okay it was taxation without representation that's why Everyone got up in arms and decided we need to fucking do something. And the Boston Tea Party and everything else going forward. But it all started over money. And here we are in 2021. We got Main Street taking on Wall Street and fucking them in the ass. Let's just say it as it is, that they're kind of fucking them in the ass. At least, you know, prematurely they are, at least that and of course those guys the the power elites aren't going to take that sitting down because if there's any ass fucking to be had it's going to be them doing the ass fucking not getting it in the ass and now we're seeing uh, a total naked grab for power here where Robinhood and some of these other type of apps and whatnot are either straight out just blocking you from trading, doing whatever. It's its its a naked violation of power here. And everybody's up in arms. And I'm like, well, if there's going to be, you know, a, a second Boston Tea Party, this might be the thing. I don't know if it will or not. It's its a little early to tell. But if there's going to be anything to kickstart that, here it is. Here we are. The fact that the Power Elite have made it blatant they're, they're not even hiding it that no fuck you you pores. you can't do this well i think I think, that's
2: bigger, I think that's the bigger uh win right there too is is you're waking people a lot of people are waking up to what the fuck is going on
0: well if you're not awake by now because of this this being to me the final shoe dropping really if you have not woke up in the last year you are not going to You are not going to wake up. You are making a concerted effort to stay asleep by now. If this didn't wake you up, yeah, it is willful ignorance. You are staying asleep at this point, if that's the case. If if that's it, it is you are doing the ostrich thing and burying your head in the sand.
1: Well, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to contextualize this in a specific way. And I think, and I'm glad you said what you said, Rob, because I think you're exactly right. If you want something that's been done recently to compare to the Boston Tea Party, which what the Boston Tea Party did, and there are a lot of different theories about you know, particulars about that. But essentially, you know, they destroyed almost, in today's dollars, $2 million worth of tea, which was a lot of tax revenue that would have gotten you know, sent back to sent back to England. And if you wanted a, a recent event to compare with that, and it doesn't it doesn't completely line up? But the storming of the capital is not it.
0: No, not at all. Not even close.
1: The the bouncing of the hedge fund by the norms is yes. That hits at the that hits at the economics and the the more elite economic level that many of the policymakers in government are also a part of and 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 buddies with so 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 on you know to begin with that's what that was and when you when you look at what the capital was and i you know i wrote about this tweeted about this, whatever, a week or two ago. What happened at the Capitol was a lot of random people who ran inside the Capitol building for a lot of random reasons. And that's really all it was. There was no bravery involved. And the only, you know, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with what you said earlier but i saw a lot of people that i kind of respect on twitter talking about how pat studman stood up he has balls and everything else and i'm i'm taking the contrarian view that i think that took no balls whatsoever because all he did was walk in with a lot of other people and take his picture and (laughs) and that is not that is not accomplishing anything you know the and here's one way you can you can tell the boston tea party they didn't all go running around boston afterwards saying hey did you see me dressed as an engine last night you know they kept it on the down low because they were actually committing an act of war essentially when they did that an an early stage act of war but an act of war nonetheless and you know i don't i don't follow pat Stedman. he actually blocked me a long time ago for some reason i don't even really know why but I think I made, you know, one somebody who follows him that also I was friends with had made some tweet about how, you know, this was really insightful, something he said, that I thought was just dopey as shit. And I said, yeah, he's got an amazing grasp of the obvious or something like that. And <laughs> then, uh, and I think that's what did it. But anytime I've heard him talk, it's mostly, he can start off good, but he ends up talking a lot of dopey shit that I think is just ridiculous. I don't know how a grown man can buy into all that woo-woo bullshit that he talks about. And if he were a serious person, he would have done something serious. And running around with all the other spazzes on Capitol Hill is not doing anything serious. And if he was
2: smart, he wouldn't have said shit about it either. To me,
1: it was the kind of thing that... For the most part, somebody who's on the young side and on the inexperienced with life side does. And there was was nothing pragmatic about that. So everybody who said, well, he stood up and he did this, no, no, he did something, but it wasn't much, especially when you compare it to the people in the last year that I've seen do something, which has been the joggers and skateboarders, while I am diametrically opposed to them and their actions and their ideology, they did some shit. Kyle yeah. Rittenhouse, regardless of the context of that situation, you want to talk about somebody stepping up and doing some shit. He did some shit. The dudes who've been, you know, blasting the the hedge fund short club into the dirt, they did some shit. Yeah, but he didn't Taking pictures of yourself and broadcasting a lot of stuff and whining about Trump, that ain't doing shit. And I'm just gonna close this rant with this. The fact that so many people praise that shows you how far we have sunk, how low we have sunk when anybody taking any action whatsoever gets you know gets turned gets put up on a pedestal for it and that's fucking sad because as men particularly we should know better yes end of 100%. rant
0: oh, hey 100 percent agree with you i don't think what he did was noble or anything like that either it's it's just a pure act of stupidity and if anything all it's gonna do Other than possibly screw himself up is it could potentially screw all of us up too. Just because you you think the power elite's going to take a black eye from that? No way. No way.
1: Well, you know, the boss, you know, going back to the Boston tea party example, the, the there was a plan and there was a purpose and there was an outcome that they were shooting for. There was no, there was no, plan, really, for what happened at the Capitol. There was was no Sons of Liberty, you know, QAnon or whoever else is not the Sons of Liberty, okay? There was no Sons of Liberty doing anything else. If anything, the thing that happened at the Capitol comes closest to maybe the Boston Massacre, but even with the Boston Massacre, that happened because a lot of Colonials just jumped and started beating the shit out of a bunch of Redcoats. And they came back and put a bunch of people down. And all that did was make it worse for the Redcoats going forward. But even even the storming of the Capitol on the 6th doesn't measure up to that because they, they didn't attack anybody really. And it just ended up being a big, you know, a big, you know, a big event full of sound and fury and signifying nothing. <laughs> Because <laughs> there was no unity amongst the people who were doing that. There were people that were trying to, you know and I felt bad for those Capitol Guard because they just got thrown to the fucking walls. But yeah. you know, there was there was nothing there was nothing important going on there. And for people to say there was and for people to say that, hey, this guy really stepped up. Well if that's what stepping up is, just going somewhere there's some shit going down. And kind of staying near it, and then taking pictures and video of yourself doing it. Why weren't the rest of you guys who are praising him out there doing mm-hmm. the same thing? It's not a long drive just for most a, people. To the a state. basically but, just being a tourist, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, he was, he was sort of, he was sort of uh, being a dynamic tourist at at most, and yeah. and and so the whole thing to me, the whole thing is just stupid, and to and to put yourself in that position. I mean don't get me wrong i think if if you have a if there is a plan to do something necessary and important that makes some sense and that will achieve some sort of result and you choose to risk everything you have to do it you know all due respect great but if you're just doing this and you've got a new baby that you that was just born um, You know, you need to be stabilizing your family life, and you need to be taking care of the family. You don't need to be out just doing random dumb shit so that people on Twitter will give you that <laughs>
0: likes that, and retweets. That, that's fucked up, dumbass bullshit.
1: And okay, now the rant's actually over. Sorry.
0: I was just want to I want to draw
2: a little uh, historical parallel real quick with the Boston Tea Party and with what we have now king george the reason one of the reasons uh the tax was so high on the on the tea and stuff because at the time they think king george was in cognitive decline like he was he was having some fucking mental issues like hmm. he could add could alzheimer's or something like that so
0: kind of like someone uh in current office yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. i just i just find that kind of funny yeah, it's you know it's one of those deja vu things or something I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, it just it's kind of like, it just kind of goes to show you, it, with history, it's just a recycling of the same bullshit over and over again for the most. Any,
1: part. Real, any real shit that's going down is not on nobody's broadcasting it on social. Media. Oh yeah, that's
2: another, yeah, that's another thing too. Yeah. Like if, if shit, yeah, no one's going to broadcast that that they're going to going to do something like that. Uh, no one with any sense. You know, why would you say that on on social media? And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I don't agree that maybe some some nasty
1: shit needs to be done. That's as far as I'll go because I I, I think there there needs to be and there probably will be at some point. But whatever that was wasn't it? And yeah. Well,
2: it's like we were saying last week. You gotta pick your battles. You know, you gotta pick your battles. And uh, no, that shit wasn't important at all
0: it just wasn't so, important was so important. when it comes to when it comes to uh winning <laughs> yeah i i just want to ask pat are you winning son
1: <laughs> and, you know, yeah. man, I, feel, I feel bad for the guy because to me i think that a lot of this shit the QAnon shit all of the you know all look The universe doesn't know your name. Nope. The universe just does not give a shit about who and what you are. All of that crap is all a movie. They're all playing out in their heads. And it's it's a story that they want to believe in, but it's not the story of reality. And that's the big problem. And to me, that illustrates the problem of social media. And I actually kind of feel badly for Stedman to a degree because I also think that all the people because when I looked at the posts that I saw, which admittedly were very few because I'm blocked. So the only shit that I saw were things that were shared by other people um, <laughs> through screenshots and whatnot. Um, but to me, a lot of that is a result of all the people following him and pumping his head full of shit and make feel like he was some kind of. You know he was a leader of a serious movement and you know <laughs> we're going to take back the government and we're going to do this and to me that's that's the only thing that i've discovered so far that i think is more pathetic than the patriarch cult is is that and and i'm not saying that the bastille does not need to be stormed but if you're going to storm it storm the motherfucker.
2: well the, the thing is that I, I think you're kind of right in regards to him. the The problem is that in his life, he had never been punched in the face. And I think if he was ever punched in the face, one, because you can tell, like, sh- people that do shit like that have never been punched in the face. They've never been in a fight. They're 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 seeking glory, and they're doing it the wrong fucking way. Well, seeking glory, period, is just stupid. <laughs>
1: I'm not laughing at you. Paul. I'm laughing at chest. Yeah, yeah,
0: because yeah. it fits. It is. It's the bowel movement. <laughs> uh,
2: Pretty much what it is.
0: Oh fuck!
1: Hmm. It really is. I think I'm gonna have to change my name to Nuts Hangwell or something
0: else. Out of out of homage to the great Justice, uh Just uh, Judge Well, the true Scotsman. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Nuts hang well.
2: We <laughs> need to go find that goddamn deer.
0: Uh Yeah, yeah, his his, his moby dick is still out there. I'll tell you,
1: ever since that buck licked his headlight, he's been on fire.
0: (laughs) That was all the motivation he needed.
1: (laughs) He was was already pretty damn good, but this like kicked it into that sixth gear.
0: Overdrive. Yeah.
2: I think that deer like demasculated him. Well, it did. It
0: amogged him. It was just just like, what are you going to do, bitch?
2: This is called an overcorrection. <laughs>
0: A compensation.
2: <laughs> this is Jack's wild overcompensation. It
0: is. See, even he's admitting it. Pure compensation.
1: <laughs> Nuts. Hang well. That's your next evolution of your name.
0: <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> God no shit. Ah. Oh. So was that the rant you wanted to get at, Nick, or were you going to ease into something else too? That was that was
1: that was pretty much the that was pretty much what I had to say about about that because I I just don't think that's winning at all.
0: Oh, uh, no, not at all. Gee, that's why I had to ask, are you winning, son?
2: He's going to take a nap now. <sighs> What's that rant tired him out.
0: Dre, we're not passionately crushing it anymore. We're fucking winning. We're winning, son. That's what we're doing.
1: Well. Winning with passion.
0: Crushing, crushingly winning it with passion.
1: Well, the, the, the thing about winning and here's you know, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I've got another rant in me. The thing cool. about winning, I'll keep it short though. The thing about winning is winning means whatever you want it to mean, which means it doesn't really mean anything. And you know some guys are winning because they don't jerk off and they don't drink alcohol other guys are winning because you know they they're benching 320 and you know they did something else I mean we all we all have our different ideas about what winning is but to me to me winning has to whatever whatever it means to the individual there has to be some sort of you know there has to be some basic principles to it like You know, you're not running around Instagramming at the Capitol. You know, that to me, that's not that's not winning. And that doesn't that doesn't that to me, that doesn't project strength. To me, that projects narcissism.
0: Well, yes, it is a narcissistic fantasy. You definitely got that. And to go with your, you know, your talk about winning. It does remind me of something Ryan Stone did a blog post about about a year ago. And I think he even put it. To one degree or another it's in fuck files and it, what he was talking about basically is he said, you know when I got out of high school and whatnot there was this local bar that we'd all go to on the weekend well, outside the bar there was always different little uh, cliche you know glitches or clicks or whatever little groups of people and one of them, One click of people was the guys that drove shitty Ford Priuses or Ford probes or something like that. But they were putting the fart cans on them and adding NOS and doing all kinds of random shit to the cars. And nobody fucking cared what they were doing except that little group of guys, okay? The rest of the guys were doing, you know, whatever it was. They had their tall trucks or whatever. Ryan, on the other hand, decided, yeah, that's not the game I wanna play. And so, instead of hanging out with those guys and beating off over piece of shit Ford probes and trying to buy his own piece of shit Ford probe to put shit on that nobody except that little group would care about, He went in and talked to girls and got laid. He went inside the bar and actually hung out with women. And I know his article, he was like, you know, we as men, we like to compete with each other. That's something we we like to do. But the question you gotta ask yourself is, okay, fine, you like to compete, but is what you're competing for, is it even worth it? You know, oh, so you have a shitty Ford Pro. Whoop-de-fucking-do. You know, oh, you went into the state capitol and took a bunch of selfies in in whatever room and you took the podium uh yeah your your prize for that besides internet pats on the back is now a jail sentence you know you you, you competed to say i was the biggest dog on the hill except you were competing for something that nobody gave a fuck about it seems you know, to nobody
1: me if, gonna, if you're going to be Throwing yourself into that area, and you want to be winning. At the very least, you ought to be committing multiple felonies, not just a couple misdemeanors.
0: Well, well there is that.
1: I mean, if you're <laughs> not if you're not committing
0: felonies, are you winning, son? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. In that particular game, Pat definitely lost that one. Since not only is it a misdemeanor, but he's actually out on bail. Think of the kid that. Uh, did the last shooting or whatever where he's locked up for life now and there's that hebristophilia or whatever it is where the chicks all get hot for fucking murderers and convicts and shit and he's getting all kinds of bullshit in the mail it's like well in that game he beat you dude this fucking incel actually beat you. Not that it's a competition worth playing, but Christ Almighty, if you're going to do it.
1: (laughs) In my mind, the the people who won, and I hate to say this, but in my mind, the people who really won, who are, you know, the score is 1-0 and the score is 1-0 on the side of Antifa and BLM and all those motherfuckers because they did all this shit most of them didn't get caught most of them aren't going to do any time most of them got away with it it cost the rest of us millions of dollars at least Um, they got their boys in in washington and that whole that whole side of it Got everything on their Christmas list.
0: There you so go.
1: They're they're the ones who are winning. You know, the rest of us are sitting around saying, well, they shouldn't be winning. And and by God, if they win any more, then I'm gonna go, you know, shoot a couple. And you know, here's me with my AR and all that other bullshit. And I'm down with that. But but it's just all talk. I mean, it's just really all talk. It's it's like the you know, it's like. It's like what Bullrush said, you know, it's it's like a lot of talk by people who've never been hit in the face Mm -hmm. and and nobody, you know, like I've said before, you know, we're taking the high road, but they're taking the high ground and whoever has the high ground wins. And until we're willing to spit on our hands and raise the black flag and take the high ground like they have, we're going to continue to be in second place because we're not willing to... And I, I use "we" kind of loosely. Yeah. But, but the the opposite side to that side is not willing to raise that black flag and do what it takes.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to have that. They're not ready for that conversation.
2: Well, that's the that's the problem with the high road is that it just makes you a bigger target. Yeah. I don't know why people are always want to why the need to take the high road is always so important. It, it's just important. It's
0: virtue signaling is all it is.
2: I mean in,
1: in personal in, in personal one on one individual situations, sometimes I can see it. But in something that's this strategic and massive, and you know, on the scale of whether you're saving the West or whether you're saving America from communism or whether you're, you know, it's all this high concept, grandiose
0: shit. It's abstract bullshit, is what it is.
1: Right, because none of those people can even go down to their local school board meeting and get, you know, the <laughs> the you know the rules changed for their high school cafeteria. You know, they can't go down to their school board meeting and and force the school board or the city to you know eliminate that stupid uh no tolerance policy for boys fighting in school they can't even do that yep. so if they can't even do that and aren't doing that how the hell do they think they're going to do some sort of you know they're going to be the impetus for changing the the political course of western, of a western. Nation.
0: yeah exactly.
1: It's, 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 exactly it's just all a bunch of bullshit and you know that's that's just to me it's just so fucking obvious but maybe you know i'm just an old you know i'm just an
2: old fuck.
0: <laughs> but you're really not that old Mick. it's just you're not caught up in it because that's the thing it it reminds me and i and i've got a blog post i'm percolating on and i'm working on that should be coming out in the near future It it ties in it's similar to the other day there was a guy that I think it was Ryan who said, like, uh, your six pack abs aren't as important as you think they are. To which Midlife Move actually kind of was like, well, I'll see your fucking tweet and I'll raise you one. And he said, in fact, guys find your abs more attractive, basically, than women do. Okay. To which, enter the anonymous retard who gets on there and he's like oh no you know having abs that's you know when you're out with the bros that's social proof and and immediately my only response to that was no just that word no it's like no dude you clearly are not going out and meeting women and going out to like bars and whatnot." because if I go out I've learned for me at least and this is in 30 years of chasing Puntang. Number one, guys in general have no fucking game, and they have no fucking clue what they're doing, okay? And even 20 years ago, when guys were actually thinner and a little more fit and knew how to dress, they still didn't have any real game. Okay? Not saying that I did. Hell, I was clueless too. But at least I was trying. Most guys were idiots back then. Well, I've been to bars in the last few years. And if anything, it's just gotten worse. Okay. The guys are even more clueless now than they were 20 years ago. And I do blame technology, I blame social media and. Texting and all that because most men and women today, the younger generation, the late millennials, the Zoomers, they've grown up on the internet and they've never really had to have a face-to-face interaction with anybody. And so you take that guy and you throw him into a bar, he has no fucking clue what he's doing, okay? Same could be tied into the LARP movements that we've seen on social media, like the storming of the Bastille. Most of these guys are younger guys who've had very limited to no genuine social interaction. And so they get all of their backpats and high fives from internet pixels instead of getting it from a genuine human being. Someone that actually might say, uh, yo uh, Nick Bull, you might want to slow down there, Haas. Maybe that's not the best idea. No, they're getting the bullshit from social media and that's reality to them, but that's not reality. And they're learning that the hard way. Just like the guy, oh, if you just get a six pack abs and go hang out with your bros at the bar, it's like, no. At bare best, best bet when it comes to social proof at a bar, that's neutral to women. Now you walk in with two women into a bar. That's social proof. You got a woman under each arm. The women are going to notice and so are the guys. You walk in and hang out with your buds, your bros. You're just another group of guys who aren't talking to women. And you're going to be lucky that you're going to be considered neutral by women. Otherwise, they're probably going to think you're gay. And so going out to the bar, unless you've got one guy who actually is a good wingman, he knows game and knows how to play the game, there's no fucking point in, like, picking up pussy with a group of dudes because somebody's gonna step on your dick, their dick, everybody's dick. And they'll either do it unintentionally or they'll do it intentionally and throw you under the bus. And that's where typically I learned that one that I'll go alone or if I can find a guy that actually knows how to run game. Otherwise, fuck it. So, there you go. There's always one in the group. Always. Well,
1: that's why. That's one of the reasons why. The only thing I really hate about 2020 is that it it fucked up Vegas. And for the last six years, I've kicked off the first week of every new year has been me going to Vegas by myself. For a few days, and playing some blackjack and hanging out, you know, trying to trying to sarge, you know, as, as best as I could, and you know, just generally chilling and having a good time by myself and kind of, you know, just see what I can do on my own. Whether it's playing blackjack, having a good time, picking up chicks, whatever. And this year, because it was, you know, it was all fucked up. You know, I didn't go because I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go wear a mask and you know sit behind a plexiglass shield while i'm while i'm playing blackjack that just something i love doing but that just ruins the experience so i've just accepted that you know i'm glad i had the opportunity maybe i'll never play again and if so you know like I find find some other way to amuse myself but but you're right I mean I think and that gets back to something we talk about a lot or at least that I do which is that there is there is there is too, there is too much fellowship or too much of the wrong kind of fellowship and not enough people doing things by themselves to balance that out and I'm not saying you know you got to be a lone wolf all the time but I think that you have to you have to be able to function both you have to be able to to you know do some heavy shit on your own whatever that may be difficult shit and you have to know how to do it as part of a group of other dudes and there's you know there's benefits to both of those things and you need both and the thing that i see is happening is that people are just gravitating to some kind of online group as a as a dodge or a cope to avoid actually having to do anything because yep. I watch a lot of the, I watch a lot of the guys that are really good at coaching men or at least the guys that I think are like, you know, Ryan and rich and all them. And I watch their shows sometimes non
0: shed talkers.
1: Yeah. And I see, and and I listen to the, the questions that they get and it's like, they're talking this shit, and they're, 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 they're putting down the 411 that I think is relevant. And then people will turn around and ask them questions that they've just answered already. And, and I saw one, I don't remember who it was, but somebody, you know, called in with a question about, you know, like, hey, I'm 18 and I want to find, you know, I want to find that, you know, that, you know, high quality woman to settle down with. And so I think it was on Rich Cooper's show and he started asking him, so, so what do you do for a living? Where do you live? And I think he was living with his parents and he, he, he just, he didn't have he didn't have a job yet, he didn't do anything and, and Rich is going, have you ever listened to this show before? Have you read my book? I mean, you're you're asking about, you know, wanting to settle down and find a high quality woman at 18. What do you have to offer? You don't have jack shit to offer. And he was getting all frustrated because it's like he's up there talking this shit. Nobody's listening. Long,
0: yep. Nobody's and fucking it, listening.
1: Well, because they, I think a lot of those guys, they just want to, you know, they're just, they're just kind of masochistic and they also just kind of want to attach themselves to somebody who they respect and admire, but they don't actually want to do the shit. And, yep. and I think that's what more time goes on. That's what more and more of, of what I'm seeing online and from other dudes is it's just a bunch of, just a bunch of fucking talk.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's like you were saying, you gotta, you gotta research your guru. You also got to research your fucking clubhouse that you're getting into also. That's your thing.
1: I think you have to research your own motives and your own your own bullshit. And I think that's to me that's the biggest problem because you you know you should need somebody to set you straight. You know, we all we've all had people to set us straight in our lives one way or another. And you need that. But you shouldn't need it day after day, month after month, year after year. There's you know, nothing's magically gonna happen by talking to somebody else it's only going to happen when you actually just suck it up you know go out and do the shit you know if you want if you want to meet more women go out and start meeting women and get used to rejection because you're going to get a lot of rejection but that's life. yeah
0: that's life that that has not changed in 20 plus that has not changed like, nope, the the women may be fatter in some cases, thinner than others. Uh, Guys definitely don't know how to dress compared to 20 years ago. They look like they just rolled out of Walmart for the most part. Uh, The girls, most of them, about the same. That it's like, oh Jesus, none of you guys know how to fucking socially interact and here we are and it's, oh God.
1: Like Jess said, please talk to me and call me a faggot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's,
1: it's like it's like you know I see a lot of that I see a lot of you know you know the more the, the harsher somebody is the more people are engaging with them and I have no problem with that I have you know I grew up old school in you know when when our coaches would smack us around you know and there was all kinds of shit that would never fly today so and I, and I think a, a lot of times it helped and it was not a bad thing so i'm not i'm not opposed to uh direct action but it's just that um it's just that a lot of people just seem like okay well you know he's called me a faggot now i know what red pill is and <laughs> Now I'm going to spend my time calling up all these shows and just, you know, telling these guys what I want them to think of me. And it's like, if you're out doing shit, you shouldn't even be calling into those shows after a while. You should, you know, you should have a few weeks, read a couple of books and you should be out, you know, taking care of business by then. Well, that's, and, that's, the
2: whole, that's what that's what the Red Pill stuff is not. It's not meant to be. You're not supposed to stay there the whole time. You're supposed to get what you need to get and get the fuck out, man. And just go on with your life, you know. And uh, that's just stupid, man. People want to...
1: Uh, people People now are so concerned about identifying with a fucking
2: tribe. And... Well, they, have, they have to. I mean, because the thing... That's the other thing, too. I don't understand that the whole concept. Is that... I mean, why do you have to have a tribe, man? I, I, don't, I don't get it.
1: It's all this shit
2: where people are saying, Oh,
1: man, things ain't like they used to be. So, you know, I didn't have a rite of passage. Therefore, I don't know what it means to be a man. I need to have a tribe. I need to you well, know, that's I wish- how
0: the girls get rejected. You just became a man. There you go. That's right. I wish
1: women still, you know, wore, you know, tight fitting pencil skirts when I came home from work and they had dinner on the table. I wish all this shit was like it was fifty years ago. God, I was born too late. I mean, it's all a bunch of people reacting to a bunch of shit
2: that didn't really exist
0: in the way no, they it, was all manufactured. it was cigarette ads. Jesus. Christ.
2: Well, I, think, I think a lot of guys are just, I think our forefathers did too good of a job in securing our environment <laughs> because you got, you got too many guys talking about doing stuff and it's just, uh, they're not actually going out and doing it and they don't have to either. That's the thing. No,
0: that's there. You have it. They don't have,
2: to. they don't have to. That's what I'm saying. We're too, a lot of guys are too safe of an, an environment. And nowadays, it's like see. Back in history, you didn't have to. You had to worry about shit, about bad things happening to you. Now, nowadays, we have to go finding the fucking bad things. Yeah, you
0: <laughs> got to go and storm have, the Bastille. We have
2: to go looking for trouble. Because trouble doesn't find us anymore. We have to go. Have to exactly. lion. Exactly. So,
0: we we got to go storm the Bastille.
2: I mean, <laughs> at least at least fucking Mario had that princess he was going after. <laughs> I have, I have trespassed. The only way I would storm that Bastille is if like fucking AOC was up in there and she was horny. I'd be like, I'd, I'd, I'd tap that. Look I'd at me, back.
1: I've trespassed in the halls of power. I am now a man.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, he's going to get a rite of passage when he's in jail, too.
2: Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't because you got when you do stuff like that, you have to consider, first off, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like, what's the worst case scenario of stuff like that playing out? And if, if you can't handle the, the consequences of that worst case scenario, then you don't don't fucking engage in it. You know, And that's it's just they don't they're not thinking ahead, man. I don't know what I don't know what they were thinking going in there. Uh,
1: Like
2: they were just. I think
1: I think I think the to that gets you know that gets labeled as an attempted coup and and an insurrection, which is which is also stupid because there's there's nothing that that was going to do that was going to change the balance of power in in America or in Washington. There was there was nothing. There was nothing that was going to do that was going to threaten who was actually in charge. All it did was scare a bunch of chicken shit congressmen to run away. And I thought that part was kind of funny. But as far as the rest of it goes, there wasn't there was no there was not even a unified, you know, purpose amongst all the people who were there. You know, some of them were there to, you know, because they were on the, you know, they had that, you know, QAnon derangement thing going on in their head. Some of them were there just to take pictures and to run around and to be a little bit crazy like the dude with the buffalo horns. I mean, you know what was what were they really going to accomplish? Absolutely nothing. Except well, the, the,
2: whole, the whole thing about the coup and insurrection and shit—that's all hyperbole, anyway. And the people yeah. seeing that stuff—they know it. Uh, and the people—if you believe it—you're you're an idiot. That's <laughs> because I've I, cause I've never heard I've ne- I've never heard of a, of a coup taking place where the where the people take trying to take over didn't have some kind of weapons, You know well, a coup would have
1: been a coup would have been the National Guard taking over in, in in cahoots with the regular military and, you know, throwing both Biden and Trump out or, you know, installing whichever one they thought was, you know, the winner and you know, or some kind of other, you know, shit like that. A bunch of random dudes running around in goat waggings is not an insurrection.
2: Well, that's, that's, the thing, that's the thing, though. It's like I was talking to this guy on, on Twitter a few days ago because he, he kept calling that that whole thing a, a coup and an insurrection and stuff. I'm like, man, go look in history and, and tell me if you can find a, a point in historical fact that something like that happened where there was a coup attempt and it was no one died. There was no weapons of any sort. You know, it just it just happened. You won't find it. You know? A
1: coup is is the exercising of power. Those people had no power. No, they didn't. They had they had they had nothing but cell phones.
2: And it's like I was telling like when I was in the military, I was in a military police. We trained for those kind of things to happen. And I it's like I was telling, them, we never we never trained where the where the people didn't have weapons. Like uh, if, if they did then if they did not have weapons, then that's just riot control. That's all that is. And and that's that's a whole different set of, of uh engagement rules. You know? That's when the rubber bullets get used in the gas and stuff like that. Uh,
1: You have have to ask yourself, you know, the there should have there should have been more serious security surrounding the Capitol. It's it's almost like you know, and I'm you know I'm not going to go down the paranoid conspiracy you know road, but you know it's almost like they wanted it to happen for a photo op, you know, because there was there was so little, you know, there was just so few logistically, there was no personnel, there were there were not serious barriers put up and if they were really all as scared as they thought as they said they were about you know all these these big bad you know guys in MAGA hats and you know whatever um creating havoc then they would have they would have had more serious security out there and they just didn't
2: I just I just chalk it up to incompetence before before maliciousness it's an Occam's razor kind of thing I think they were just I think they were just woefully incompetent and he, and another reason why I say that is because I think a day or two later, the uh, the chief of, of the Capitol police resigned. So, yeah. And the thing was like, I, I it definitely wasn't voluntary because the day before he was on CNN and some of these other news st- uh, stations saying that that next time he was he wasn't gonna he wasn't going to uh, underestimate the the force of people that came out next time. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you still thought you had a job at the time. <laughs> and like a day later, it was like, oh, he resigned. Oh, okay.
1: Doom on you. That's right.
2: <laughs> fucking Darth Vader said, I, I doubt your loyalty. <laughs> I, find I find your, your, lack, your lack, of lack of faith disturbing. Serving. Yeah, I find your lack <laughs> of faith disturbing.
1: Fucking fucking point, like. <laughs> you were part of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. And and that's it. It's, I think a lot of it with the directionlessness, all of that, it's growing up with a fucking smartphone in your hand or playing on a computer 24 7 and not actually getting out and interacting with you know your neighbors your friends down the street with women except via the the text screen and so you don't know how to interact other than via like texting on your fucking phone and so you don't even know you don't even know what color shit is You know, you really don't. And so I I I I can sympathize to a degree with these guys and even the women. I, I I have some empathy that it's like, wow, you guys are way behind the learning curve on this shit. And so I get I get it. But at the same time there comes a point where put your fucking phone down and go out and fucking sample the real world
2: well you're an adult you know it's it's on you it's incumbent upon you to make a change and to put in whatever work is necessary to improve your life or not be an idiot you know it's like we were saying earlier when the show started was that you know people don't know like the constitution amendments and shit because they never read them you know there you go i like what
1: art burt says in the comments over here about napoleon returned a bloodless coup they've happened yeah but you know again if you're going to if you're going to have a bloodless coup you still have to have massive power or the threat of power on your side in order to it takes
2: organization though like Joe- to- it takes a lot of organization.
1: Oh yeah. But that's yeah. that's a good that's a good comment right there.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, especially with having the elites behind it. you. know, yeah. that's otherwise there's going to be bodies and there's gonna be a lot of bodies. It's, it's called taking a head count
2: Yeah. And, and that shit didn't happen uh the other week. You know, it's just a bunch of randos fucking running around building. building. Yeah, that's all that is. That that's not a that's not a coup. No. But that's a good that was a good example. I forgot about Napoleon. But Napoleon had, like, everybody on his side after he came back, you know? True. Because he he was... He he had conquered. He'd done all that conquering stuff, come back. And, uh, yeah, he had the people. He had the elites behind him. He took the crown away from the Pope and just put it on his head. So That's a rare moment, though, in history.
0: Very, very rare. That's... I mean, that's been... What the only one that I know of, I'm, and granted, again, I'm not a historian, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm when saying, it man. comes to a bloodless revolution. I want to say that's it. It's like okay, so that's our outlier. Uh Yes, that means it can happen again. It's possible, but it's probably just just hear me out, guys. It's probably not probable. Okay, <laughs> there's a difference between possible and probable. And that's one thing, you know, on Twitter and social media in general where we talk about nuance and then, you know, nuance goes to Twitter to die. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as nuance on Nuance
2: in context.
0: Yes. All of that goes to die on Twitter, but I think it's pretty endemic of all social media, okay? Everyone has their one outlier that, oh, well, not all because... And it's like, yeah, But then that's where I start talking about possibility and probability yeah it's possible you could get hit by lightning it's possible you could win the powerball it's possible you could end up dying while you're driving home from whatever you're doing but is it probable that that
2: reminds me of whenever uh, whenever people start reciting uh statistics and shit and a lot lot of times you'll have statistics that'll say the risk of and as as part of the descriptor i'm like dude that's a possibility that's not that's not like a definitive uh thing man
0: yeah it's not a probability and and that's that's what i've always looked for is i know that damn near anything is possible yeah and but that that doesn't do anything it's like yeah it's possible but what are you gonna do i look at what's the probability of whatever yeah. it is happening well like this anyway it's just i can't fucking
2: people don't know how to interpret statistics because they always cite statistics as if it's the definitive thing and it's like no yeah. it's actually statistics are actually the jumping off point of stuff not the end all be all right. you know, it's, it's kind of like the same kind of people that are like the science is settled Motherfucker, there's no science that's so. There's no-, no About 60% of the time. The vast majority of science is, is hypothesis anyway. Very, there's very few things that are actually conclusive.
1: Not, well, you know, anybody who's been to the doctor and everybody always puts doctors on pedestals because they're men of science and whatnot. Yeah. And I guarantee you almost every, at least every American who is close to my age Has had some point in their lives where they've gone to the doctor and the doctor said, Oh, yeah, you know, here's what you got. And they give you a prescription. It doesn't work, doesn't do shit. You only get worse. So you go back again and they say, Oh, yeah, well, we missed this. Here's what we think it is now. And then they give you a new prescription, send you on your way, doesn't do shit. And then maybe the third time you go back, then finally, you know, you find out they they actually get it right. A lot of that is just a a lot of educated guessing. And I'm not trying to. I'm not taking away, you know, the value that doctors provide, but that's,
2: yeah, that's not their fault because here's the thing, because right. like the thing with doctors is that they, they make a diagnosis and for every diagnosis, there's a treatment path and this treatment path is clearly defined by not just them, but like just the AMA and stuff like that. It's like, well, if he's got this, this is, this is a treatment path. This is what you're supposed to do. Doctors don't get to deviate outside of that, mainly because if they, if they do and they fuck up, they're going to get sued. Um, and here's here's
1: a dirty little secret about statistics and market research. And I can tell you this because I used to work in market research. There are market there are more market research entities, whether it's a whether it's a market research company or whether it's a data collection company or some. Because there are a lot of there tend to be a lot of companies involved in market research studies, and there are more than just a few that will just pay people to make up shit for their surveys. Yeah. And and it gets it, it goes through the meat grinder and ends up getting passed to you as something legitimate that 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 you know a random sample gave you. But very often that, you know, that the demographic target is a bunch of people in a, you know, in an apartment in Buenos Aires and you know today they're supposed to be you know okay today you're a black pregnant Samoan woman about 28 years old and and so they'll be given the demographics of who they're supposed to be they'll be given the 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 profession or the job they're supposed to be in and then and they'll be given some information about that and then they go you know five people take you know 500 surveys over the course of a few days until they get them all finished and they're all presented as a bunch of random research, but it's just flat out fraud. Now that shit happens all the time, and I know it does because I've seen it happen. Um, people have to get more more local and more skeptical because uh, and, and and need to be taught how to build their own bullshit detector.
0: Well yeah, it's it's called critical thinking. Yeah. And believe it or not, critical thinking is hard. Yeah. It, it's energy. You yeah. you'll end up fucking exhausted doing it, but that's the only way you can get your bullshit detector to pick it up.
2: Especially if it's shit that you agree with.
0: Oh yeah. That's that is probably the worst one, is the ones where you agree well, with that's, it that's and it's the, like yeah, that's,
2: oh, the that's the toughest rigor that yep. you that's the toughest rigor that you can put yourself through. I have problems with that sometimes too i mean you're gonna have if it's something that that you already disagree with it's it's fairly you know that's one thing but if it's something that you that you're questioning that you actually believe in number one you gotta get the ego out of it you know because it's just because it's it it, if it doesn't have to do it doesn't have to do with risking your life you should you know criticize it and also sometimes just go back and look at it again and make sure that it's something that you still agree with and the key question
1: so I've got a I've got a question for you two since tonight is about winning and we've already we've already talked about what winning isn't but what what is winning or is that even the right way to talk about?
0: It? Hmm. Now we're getting to the real questions here. some philosophical shit. Yeah, we're getting deep, uh, way deep for such a cheap talk show that we put on at the spur of the moment. I
1: don't know. Man. I'm old i'm old i'm old and i'm near death i want to know the answers before i die
0: you want deep enlightenment is what you're looking for
1: well because i guess i guess my point is that that
2: what's well, a container word right this, i mean right.
1: It, 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 often, it often tends to be you know whatever this group decides is winning that's what winning is and, and i don't really have a problem with that i think you have to define define that shit for yourself yes but you know some people will define winning as sitting in their parents basement eating cheetos and you know playing video games until they're 40 years old you know i I don't know (laughs)
2: I just think it's a container word. It means whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. It means different things to different people, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess it just depends on what is it you're trying to accomplish. If you want to, you know, be Mr. No Fap, hold my semen, because every drop is a genocide. and, And so you're not pulling on your penis and you're not touching the whamming because all whamming bad. And you go off and go into monk mode and go into hibernation and, bench press a truck or something like that then i guess in that group you're winning me i'm gonna be like (laughs) good for you well i think it
1: goes back to i think it goes back to a question that you always ask rob and you know before i before i say what that is uh sass you're an asshole but you
0: know you're 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 not wrong um (laughs) Hey, you, well, you know, I know where that line came from. That's from Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: He's not an asshole, but he but he's not. He is an asshole, but he's not wrong. But the the question that you always ask, which I think, which I like, is, what do you want? Yep. And so, what most people really want is to have their favorite guru pat them on the head and say, "Yeah, you're a good boy."
0: a boy. Yep. Sheep looking for a shepherd. Yes. They want
2: to, well, they want to be told they're winning. Yeah.
0: Well, of course. And if you pay me ninety-seven dollars a month, guys, I will fucking tell you you are winning, because only winners pay me ninety-seven dollars a month. I think we need to. I think we just need to
1: start a a program where we teach you how to
0: win. Yes. We'll call it the winner's circle. (laughs) What we're really going to do
1: is we're just going to constantly haze everybody. Yes. bad. Call them a
0: bundle of sticks. Call them a bunch of faggots.
1: Until going out and talking, going out and talking to women and doing all this difficult stuff that they don't want to do just seems like a vacation compared to, you know, all of the crap that we give them. I think that's the way to do it.
2: Yeah, I got I gotta agree. Well, I think, I think winning, like I said, winning's individual to everybody. Mine is like pulling out and jizzing on her back before. <laughs> it's too late. So that I call that
0: winning. That's a genocide. You're, you're wasting, you know, precious semen. You got, that's, if you're gonna come, you gotta come inside her.
2: I'm a ruthless motherfucker. <laughs>
1: god god designed you to come inside her bull. that's
0: right
2: well i did but big,
0: clearly he bought into the go forth and procreate and repopulate the earth but not yet, not he, yet. he bought into that nick
1: <laughs> do you remember do you remember a while back when the thing that one of the popular uh one of the popular tropes on twitter was you if you if you're good at if you're a high value man and you pick a high value woman You shouldn't have to worry about wearing a condom. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) I
1: I think a lot of that was tongue-in-cheek. But
0: but God the Spurgs took it as gospel. (laughs) Right. I remember that. I think it was the Isle of Cortez who did that one or something. Well, that like, if like, you, uh, alpha, you know, that a, if, if you're alpha, the woman instinctually knows it and she will want you to fuck her raw and, and she wants your semen inside her, of you. You know, that type of thing. I well, think that yeah, there was that one. I remember that. It's, it's if like you a, better, well, you don't have to worry about
1: diseases because, you know, she's a good woman.
0: So. <laughs> exactly. Well, she's a good woman plus. You know, only women have diseases. And so your semen will purify her uterus and it will kill everything inside there. So if anything, you're doing her a favor because you're the STD remover. You just blow a load inside her and she is fucking sterile. All bacteria and viruses dead. In fact, you know what? That's what kills COVID. That's a, it, it reminds me of a
2: tweet the other day. This guy was like, when I go when I go to the bathroom at, at a public place, He's like, I don't, I don't stick my hands in my pocket or anything like that. He's like, I'm always looking around, looking at the guy and making eye contact. And then uh, Corey uh, comes in and he's like, uh, oh yeah, Corey, uh, what's his name? The one that wrote that book and stuff. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah. So he comes in and, he, and he's like, man, I just pissed in the sink. <laughs> I'm like, so I chimed Wait, in. It was, it was one little Twitter thing the other, the other day. And they yeah. were wanting, so I said, I, I just put on a fucking diaper. Fuck it. Just, every time I go, I put a diaper. It also doubles a good place to put an extra uh, fucking pistol mag. You need it.
0: <laughs> I'll fix that shit. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a catheter bag that I, you know, strapped to my leg, you know, down by my calf and put the, the little catheter tube around my cock and run the tube down. <laughs> that way I can just piss wherever.
2: And what, what, what channel is this on? Yeah.
0: <laughs> This is on Twitter.
2: (laughs) He was on Twitter. They were were fucking, that one guy was acting silly because he was saying he was, uh, whenever he goes to a public restroom somewhere, he just, uh, he's always looking around. He stays, he stays, uh, you know, aware of what's, what all's going on. I guess because he thought he was a ninja or something like that.
1: (laughs) You know, think pissing was big in the eighties because I was at more than one party, house party where, you know, there were just so many people there that we would,
2: And you had to go, you had to go. And the other thing about it is, though, here's the other thing. That guy's an idiot. He watched watched me in fucking movies or something because in real life, another dude does not fuck with another dude while he's taking a piss. I've never seen it. And I I don't know about y'all. Like I said, I've never seen it. I've seen guys getting in fights at bars and shit like that but they it's always been after the, they take a piss. It's
0: never- I've never hung out at I've the-
1: out anywhere where there where that kind
0: of shit went on in the bathroom. So. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, it, it happened outside the bathroom. It didn't happen inside the bathroom.
2: Yeah, only time, only times I've ever seen fights take place inside of a bathroom is like in the movies. Yep, like Mission Impossible and shit like that.
0: Mm-hmm. But other some mafia hit show. Yeah, exactly. I,
2: I, there's kind of an unspoken rule among guys that you don't fuck with another guy always taking a piss. You know, it's just you just don't do it. Wait till he's done, and tell him to go outside. Problem solved.
0: Or you do like a lot of guys do, and you just jump him when he does go outside.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, no, no regular dude wants to get in a fight with somebody whose dick's hanging out of his
0: face. <laughs>
2: exactly. I mean, exactly.
0: Thank you. I was waiting for someone no. to say the obvious.
2: <laughs> that's a fight nobody wins at all. <laughs> that's not being a winner. I kicked the that's, fuck out of that's, him, that's but I didn't like <laughs> That's an example of not winning, guys. That's like, I'm not even talking about container orgy. You get in a fight with a guy with his dick hanging out, you lost. Neither one of you are winning.
0: Right. I beat his ass, but man, you smell like piss. <laughs> uh, that's not winning.
2: That's a definitive one, though. That's a definitive example of not winning.
0: <laughs> that, that is a good example.
2: Especially if you lose. If you lose to a guy.
0: And you smell like dick. piss. <laughs> dick hanging out.
2: You got your ass whipped by a dude with a dick hanging out.
0: Jesus. Uh, really lost, one. Oh God. Oh shit.
2: So yeah, I don't know what winning is. I don't know, Nick. Hmm. As Old as you are, I'd th- think that winning is just waking up every day is a fucking win for you.
0: It is for me.
2: It is for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. If That's I'm cool. still article, you know, if I'm not taking a dirt nap, then I'm doing pretty good.
1: I mean, to yeah. me, winning is to me winning is is mainly living the life you want to live the way you want to live it, and and. It's that's easy to say, but it takes a long time for a lot of us to figure out how do we want to live it and having the guts to actually go and do it that way.
2: Well, yeah, clearly that's that's hard. That's harder. That's easier said than done, because look at the fucking most people on Twitter. just that's not what they're doing
1: well i mean for a lot of my life i mean i you know i had part of that some of the time but you know just like every other you know blue-pilled motherfucker you know there's there's a lot of shit that i let in my life because because i just thought hey well that's just what you're supposed to do that's just what that's just what everybody else expects that's the, that's the way that, you know, I can, I can man up and, you know, marry that hoe and do my part for society or whatever. <laughs> you know? yeah. We've yeah. all been here with that. Oh and yeah, that's me, why, why I'm like,
0: laughing is it's like, Jesus, you're telling me my own life story. <laughs> well, I mean, it's,
1: and that to me, that's what it is. It's like, it's like decreasing that and increasing the the correct answer to the question. What do you want and have it be what you actually want?
2: yeah that's that's what i noticed most guys get that's what, that's, that's what fucks them up the most is is uh caring about what other people think yep. and uh now i like to say that as you get older you care less about that shit about you do
0: think. i think you do i think most that, that's what do. i've
2: experienced at least yep.
0: i think uh, you do you, you never get fully away from it nor do i think should you you know what i mean it's, I think we're kind of hardwired for it that we do care because, you know, you go back to the caveman days or whatever, or whatever. Yeah, you don't want
2: to get kicked out of the tribe. The, yeah, the, you get kicked out of the
0: group, and that's exile, and that's certain death due to Saber But I mean, look,
2: looking around at the tribe that we got, I mean, had, that's not a terrible thing.
0: <laughs> I like, uh,
1: nonstop Dre says, What about your legacy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that too. But it's, we still care, but I think most people, as they get older, they don't care nearly as much as they did say when they were in their 20s. I think, I know?
2: think winning winning is not giving a shit about what people think. There you go. I think steps winning.
1: I think it's, I think it gets easier to not care about that when you get older, but I know, you know there's a lot I know a lot of dudes for whom that is kind of
2: not true. It's
1: ingrained, it's just so ingrained and, you know, and, you know, to be fair, if, if, you know, because like when I was, you know, I was married 20 years and there were just a lot of concessions that I decided to make because I wanted to stay married. Now, whether I should have wanted to stay married or not, that's a completely different question. Right. Still, I was still me sitting there saying, all right, well, this sure ain't perfect. But I tried to measure it against what I really wanted to do, and for me, for for the longest time, this changed eventually. But for the longest time, it was like this isn't perfect. I know that ain't going to be perfect, so I'm not willing to give this up for that because if I give this up, here's here's all the stuff that I also lose. And eventually, it got bad enough that it was like, you know, I don't give a shit what's over there. This this is this is fucked up. And
2: you said you made concessions though. Here's my question. You said you made concessions uh, to stay married. did you know if you made those concessions you you would have stayed married or, or or was it just the fear that if I if you didn't do it, you might you might not be married. In That's my case my thing, it's like if you made those concess- if you had not made those concessions, do you definitively know sure that you wouldn't have been married anyway after that.
1: Well, here, I mean, here's the thing. And this is, this is purely my thought process based on what I think is important. And it starts with, you know, there's always those people who say, well, if you're not completely happy in your marriage, you should just go ahead and get out and everybody else will deal with it and, you know, fine, whatever. But in my case, when my kids were younger, I looked at it like, all right, what's most important to me is not so much to keep, keep the marriage together for the kids. It was, I'm committed to waking up under the same roof with my kids every night. And I'm not gonna do anything, if I can help it, to put that in jeopardy. When, when they're adults and they're out of the house, that's a different story. But to me, if you have kids, then you have to and especially as a father you have to look at it like if we get divorced who's going to be waking up under the roof with them when they're not with me and for me I wasn't willing I wasn't willing to do anything deliberately to put my kids my sons at any kind of risk because the way I the way I saw it I was there you know I made a choice to have them I made a choice to raise them and I could not stand the thought of not waking up under the same roof with them every day. Now, as they got older, as I got much older and they became teenagers and then they became adults, that became less important. And I didn't get divorced until after they had both graduated from high school and were out living on their own. And for me, that was the right choice. Sure. Now, other people, that may not be the right choice, and depending on the dynamics of the marriage and the relationship and how you know nasty or dysfunctional it might be you know that that's a different that question has to be answered by everybody individually on their own terms and in their own situation so i can't say what the right thing or the best thing to do for anybody else is but for me i wanted to make sure that you know if, if i had the if i had to give up some of my freedom and my fun for a few years in order to make sure that my relationship with them was solid. That's all I really cared about because I knew the marriage was shit. But it wasn't the kind of thing where we couldn't coexist in the same house and, you know, we couldn't make things as good as they could possibly be. And so, yeah, I could have I could have we could have gotten divorced much sooner, but then the de- Depending on her choices and depending on what I had to go through, you know, people say, well, then, you know, then you get to go have a a real relationship or whatever. But to me, the cost of giving up that, just that immediate connection with my kids and being around them all the time, um, it wasn't worth it to me. So, so I made the choice I did and I don't regret it. I I don't regret it to this day. Um, You know, for some people, it might be different.
2: That's why, that's why I tell my daughter nowadays too. Well, I've told her, I've, I've told her this for a couple of years that there's no real solution. There's always in life, there's more trade-offs than anything. You yeah.
0: know? Well, and to, to kind of go back to where Dre asked kind of the age thing and to tie it in with what Nick said, and even with what Bull said, uh, <clears throat> it's going to be different for everybody. Um, some people I noticed, like even Dre himself. And I think, uh, oh, where's it at here? I saw someone else too. Devin said it. Devin said he was 22 for him. Okay. Which if that's the case, then dude, you're, you're ahead of the curve. Same with you, Dre. When you're think, 16. Uh, 22 for what? Going back to Dre's question. This one about at what age did you you all stop caring about what other people think and start asking yourself, what do I want? I want to give my two cents now because mine happened much later. Mine happened at uh, the tender age of 42. And that was when my marriage completely collapsed. And the defining moment for me was staring down the barrel of a shotgun, thinking I would rather be dead then continue on with what I'm doing because I had done what everybody else told me to do. Uh, oh, got to get married, got to marry, you know, a woman close to my own age, got to marry up the single moms, all that shit. Dude, I have the t-shirt. I have it all, okay? And it ultimately had me staring down my the barrel of my 12-gauge shotgun. And suicide was an option. It's like, oh, I'm miserable now and I did what everyone told me to do. And here, I want to eat a shotgun round. And that's when I made a choice. Well, maybe I'll just fucking do what I want instead of what everyone else told me because everything else everyone told me got me to the point and you know I I own my end of it but it I was miserable and it got me to wanting to eat a bullet and so I clearly obviously chose divorce and I understand where Nick's coming from where he made the decisions to stay in his marriage because of his kids and all that and I get it and everyone's gonna have their reason they're gonna have their thing and it can happen at 16 or at 22 or it can happen at 50 uh it there are some people because they never face it because they're so ingrained or whatever or they're so risk avoidant or they're so numb that they don't even know themselves what that type of happiness that type of freedom I guess you could say they have no idea what that even looks like it's not even an option Mm. it's kind of like getting a baby elephant and you put them on a piece of rope that they can't break because they're too weak and too small but they give up trying after a while but then when they're this full-size adult You can still keep them on that teeny piece of rope, and they will never try to get out of it again. They've done similar things like with gorillas. You put them in a cage long enough, they get acclimated to it, and they kind of develop this, well, I can't escape. And you can leave the door open, and they'll never come out.
2: They're institutionalized.
0: Yes, they are.
2: Learn helplessness. Same thing with prisoners. After a while, after they've been in the uh, prison system for so long, they just they can't. It's just hard for them to function outside of it. They become institutionalized, and in fact, they they yearn for to be back there because that's all they know. Sometimes that's all that's what they're used to.
1: Yeah, and you know, for me, it was there's not a to me there's not an age so much as there was. A, I mean, for me, it was a process. So sometimes, you know, in my twenties, in my twenties, I was actually, you know up here doing pretty good, doing my thing the way I wanted, and then when I decided to marry who I married and I made the decisions that I did as a result of that, which is all on me, it's not on her, but they were still decisions that fucked up that ratio in the other direction, and then it was a long time of of trying to get back to that. To where I, where I had left off, and then when, and you know, since I've look, since I've been divorced, I've got, I've got, as far as my personal life goes, I've got no complaints because all kinds of shit is way better. Is it perfect? No. Are there some? Are there some things you know, family wise, with the kids and with everybody else that are fucked up? Yeah, there are. Um, you know, shit happens. You know, there's. No- there's, okay. no, there's no way there's no way to have, you know, the more complicated you make your life, the more difficult it is for you to have sort of that, you know, hey, I'm winning. And so the you know, so the best the best way to get there is to not to fuck all that shit up to begin with and, you know, hopefully some people some people do much better and i've known people who've done much better and i look back at you know some of my friends and the way they made their choices and decisions and what their path was i was like you know that's really that's really the better way to do it but that's not what i did and right. so at the end of the day you have to just kind of accept the fact that once things are fucked up it ain't it ain't ever going to be you know you're you're never going to get that perfect whatever you know whether you whether you stay married whether you get divorced, and there are a lot of clear-cut cases where you need to get divorced, but there are a lot of other cases where it can go either way, and I've known people who did not get divorced, and they went through some pretty nasty times, but then they made it, it all kind of came together for them later, and according to them, they're cool with it. So you know, there's no there's no one size fits all one you know. There's not one you know band aid that just works for everybody. No. no,
2: but the thing is, it's like you, like I, it's like I was saying before. You got to know the trade offs of what right. you're and your decisions and stuff like that. And I think a lot of guys don't, especially young guys. They don't. They're not ready to, to understand the full breadth of, of that of that stuff. Of what the, you know, if they get married young and stuff like that. They don't know what they're really giving up.
1: Well, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the young dudes, and a lot of the people that I see, a lot of the TradCon power dads on Twitter and and other places. What what I hear from them is they want to they want to make they want the same path that people tended to walk 150 years ago, but they don't have the same. Society that they had 150 years ago.
2: No, that
1: part of it, that part of it doesn't work. You have to, you do have to adapt to the realities of what you're living in, and that's what a lot of people don't do.
2: And those people back then, you have to understand, like a lot of people back then, they got married. It was for survival reasons. It
1: was getting married to be happy. They were getting married to have a home base and some stability. And, you know, in many cases, a lot of kids to work on the farm. It wasn't, it wasn't because, you know,
2: my, you my know. dad was one of those kind of kids because he worked on the farm. He worked on farming and shit all his whole life when he was younger, you know, but that's, that's what things have changed a lot since then. Guys now, especially younger guys, they have a lot more uh, trad, the trad, trad dad,
0: triple P. <laughs> The triple B threat.
2: Well Chest is uh he's he's in the lead for the daddest dad of twenty twenty one so far.
1: You know, that that kinda makes it that kinda makes you know, I think I am gonna get married now that I think about it. <laughs> I, think I, <laughs> I think this 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 casual polygamous life i've been leading is just it's not satisfying me in my soul so i think i think i will be married yeah well
2: if you did i mean i wouldn't have a problem with it that's what i'm saying most this is thanks to chess. Chess, you you steered me right as long as long as you go in with your with your eyes open and knowing what you're getting into which most guys don't because they've been told their whole life that they should act a certain way because reasons and they never really explored why they have to act like that or why they have to behave that way man up and marry that hoe yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, it's really fucking it's really sad too because like especially when they when they do that and then they get divorced then that's when you that's when you have that uh pissed off red pill rage shit, man like, uh, you end up like fucking rob trying to put trying to suck start a shotgun you know
0: yep and it's question dre no i wouldn't and it's i can't see a scenario where i would either there there is no for me personally
2: i'd do an ltr i'm fine with
0: yeah, you know i'm not saying i wouldn't uh, down the road play house again with a woman but i will never do state-sanctioned marriage again i will never get the state involved in my personal affairs like that again there is, in, with my life situation, with the way I want to live my life, there is no reason for me to get married. None. And so, no, that I will, I will not get, I will never get married again.
1: The, the, my standard, my standard spiel to everybody I've dated on a, you know, more than once or twice has been, um, there'll be no marriage. There'll be, there'll be no real firm commitment. <laughs> And, uh, you'll maintain your own residence as will I. Um, and that's, those are my, uh, those are my
0: non-negotiables.
2: I have to, I, the last part I have to say too, because in Texas we have common law marriage. So yeah.
0: get the hell out of Texas if that's the case. Whoa.
2: Well, you just, you
0: know, you gotta, or just don't cohabitate. Basically.
2: Yeah. Don't cohabitate. Don't have, don't have the same bank accounts. Don't present yourself. As you That's, know, misses to your friends and shit.
0: Yeah, I want to bring that up here real quick to the, the guys in the chat and for guys for the replay. Two terms, and and Chestel know these. He he's he's a legalese type of guy. Two terms you guys need to understand. Uh, there is common law, common law marriage, and then there is community property. You guys need to go and look those up for wherever it is that you're living or where you want to live if you're considering at some point cohabitating with the woman. You need to understand what the area you live in if they are a common law area or community property or both. Because number one, ignorance of the law is no excuse from the law and any judge and attorney will tell you that no matter where you're at as far as I know. It behooves you and it is upon you to understand the laws of where you're living or going to live if you want to cohabitate, okay? If, there is a, if you live in a common law state, you need to understand what the terms are. If there's a set time period of, oh, you've been living together six months, a year, two years, or like what Bull was saying. If you are referring to each other as husband and wife in public, that other people are hearing you say it, okay? You need to check into those things if you decide you wanna play house with somebody, okay? I mistakenly thought, that Utah had a common law statute. It was actually a fellow co-worker of mine who actually corrected me on that, and I went and looked it up. And the only thing Utah has on the books as far as common law goes is basically, this isn't Utah's term, this is my term, but it's post mortem. So I'm with a girl, we're together for 20 years, utah has no common law statute of time to say oh well you've been together for two years or whatever you're now common law man and wife no utah does not recognize it however if i died and she wanted to be the executor of my estate and there was no like next of kin like children to contest her she could petition the court so that she could become the executor of the estate after I had died. And then they would probably grant it because it would be post-mortem. But beyond that, Utah is not a community property state, and we are not a common law state. So I could live with someone for 25 fucking years, and in the eyes of the law, you ain't shit. You guys, she has no say in nothing. You have no say in her life over nothing because there is no common law statute other than basically post-mortem and community property oh boy guys you need to look you need to look into that one for sure so check yeah that alabama chat.
1: gave that up we gave that up in uh three years ago 2017 alabama stopped recognizing common law marriages and you now i think they still re- i still i think they still recognize them if they existed prior to 2017 but after 2017 there's no community property there's no common law marriage now that doesn't mean you can't still get fucked by the court system so
0: get fucked but this way it's a little more preventative i guess it's odds are a little more in your favor if, if you're not already you know hog-tied by it going into it so and here's another one this entirety's property which now i need to look it up because i have no idea what the hell chest is talking about but if he's bringing it up this is like the old e.f hutton commercials guys that you young fuckers probably don't even know but nick knows when e.f hutton talks people listen okay well when chest rockwell talks guys you probably ought to take notes okay especially on the legal stuff so this is one i'm gonna look up because i'm curious to tell
2: not so much on deer hunting
1: uh, i won't even let i won't even let little spur girl leave her toothbrush here leave an extra toothbrush here i, I don't i don't either Because she doesn't she can't leave tampons she can't leave hair thingy she can't leave anything here she tried that once and i brought it back to her
2: yeah because it uh texas is kind of weird as far as that stuff goes because you can there's been uh, there's been cases where the judge judges have have just by the swing of their gavel told two people that they're married after presenting uh evidence to the contrary you know Mm. ultimately ultimately it all comes down to what judge you have if you have, if you have like a feminist fucking judge, you're screwed. <laughs> and even some of these other like male judges, they're they're, fuck, they're just as bad. But the, the whole common law shit, it's it's old law, so so that women will be taken care of, basically. It's for the woman, you know, because they don't want a bunch of single moms running around and shit. But I think they should get rid of law because it's not like it helped anything. But it's but it's also now the only reason they keep it now is because it's more of revenue of a system of revenue for them, because if they can if they can swing a gavel and say that two people are married and if you have kids or anything like that, uh, then that's a payday for the state. Yeah. Because we don't have al- well we have alimony, but it's only after like ten years of being married, or if you—ten uh, years, or if if your spouse is uh, disabled in some way. So don't don't marry three-legged midgets.
0: Don't marry an amputee. That's right. Okay, here's what Utah's is. So they want to do the common law marriage thing. Utah does not have common law marriage. Instead, you may petition the court to recognize your relationship as a marriage, even though you never had a marriage ceremony. If the court approves, the partners will be considered to have been married ever since the following conditions have been met. Parties should be prepared to present evidence that the marriage arises out of an agreement between partners who are of legal age and capable of giving consent, so 18 or older, are legally capable of entering a solemnized marriage. There are no reasons such as close family relationship preventing the partner parties from legally marrying. You have lived together. You treat each other as though you are married. And that goes back to the next part, too. Present themselves to the public so that other people believe they are married okay so and then it goes on where it says the petition to have a relationship recognized as a marriage must be filed during the relationship or within one year after the relationship ends one or both parties have died or the partners have separated either partner may file the petition or both partners may file the petition together a third party such as next of kin may file the petition okay But it goes back to treating each other as though you're married and presenting yourself as part of it to me as well. If my ex-girlfriend wanted to go and petition it to the court to say, hey, we were married, I could contest that because, well, we didn't treat each other as though we were married and we never presented ourselves to the public. Yes, we lived together. We were capable legally of having a solemnized marriage and we were both of legal age, but it's not be automatically granted i would imagine granted i'm not an attorney and if she was to have done this i would have consulted an attorney at that point to say uh-uh i want to contest this so these are some of the things we're looking at
2: yeah yes yeah, safety doc it is a subjective disaster in fact the fucking government being in the divorce and marriage business is an abomination of itself they shouldn't they shouldn't be there that's not their fucking lane At all. Yep. And that's, and that's, and you know, that's, that's the thing. When the government gets involved with anything, you fuck it all up. And that's why you have problems that we have now.
1: Yeah. When I was, when I was 20, how old was I? I was 25. I was 25 and I, I had, I was dating this chick who was 32. And she had, she had been, I was, I was still teaching that. So she had been, she had been one of my students. And we started dating. And we ended up moving in together and I'll tell you what, she taught me a lot, both good and bad. And the whole time we were living together, after a while I started I, I, I got into it too quickly and then I started thinking, Jesus, I hope I hope we're not, you know, common law married or something and I got real freaked out about that. We only lived together for a year. So I don't think it was enough time, but uh, I started looking that shit up because I was all of a sudden I realized, man, I may have made a a, a big strategic error here.
0: <laughs> well, that's why you know, and and I know Dre brought it up here. He said this would be a great show topic. I know I've talked about this on the Salt Lake Sit Down. Uh, maybe it's one of those things that we need to revisit it more than once. Obviously, it's
2: just, it's just difficult because every state has, has their own laws and stuff. And there's even a uh, precedent of, of, for example, women going to a, an adjacent state and filing for marriage in that state. And that's just, to me, I'm just like, how, how can that be even enforced? And so they'll, they'll get a marriage license for that adjacent state and then she'll go back and then divorce file for divorce in that state and so the guy that she that she divorces he's subject to that state's uh divorce laws i'm like that that shit don't seem right man that's just See, at
0: least here in utah uh Utah law is a little different because like when me and my ex-wife filed for divorce, I drew up the paperwork, I filed it basically and at the time that she signed off on everything and then I actually went to the court and filed it. She was a resident of Utah. Well, two weeks after I filed we had, like I said, all the paperwork was submitted, it was already stamped and everything by the court. She up and moved to New Jersey and then she decided because she was listening to people in New Jersey they started telling her oh you could get alimony this and blah 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 that well that set me off And so I contacted, I actually consulted a a family lawyer, someone that dealt in divorce. Mm -hmm. And first thing he told me is he says, at the time that you filed, was your wife a resident of Utah or not? And I said, she was. He's like, oh, well, if she wants to fight, if she's changing her mind, she's going to have to come back to Utah and fight you here. She may get an attorney that for the short term, that attorney can represent her on her behalf that the court will accept that attorney as basically being her mouthpiece. But at some point, the judge is going to want to see her smiling face. And so now it's going to have to come out on her own dime and come back to Utah to fight if she wants to change up the terms of the divorce. So I knew that's where I had her. It's like, well, your ass is going to have to come back to Utah. You drove 2,000 miles to put distance between us. Now you're talking about, well, I think I want alimony. Well, you're going to have to come back to Utah then and fight. You know, you're going to have to want to change it and I will fight you all the way. So uh, I guess I'll be seeing you soon. And I don't have to pay that unless they want to award it to you after the fact. So have fun with that one. (laughs) Part of why it never materialized. But guys, ultimately, like we've said, yeah, it all depends on what, you know, what state you live in. Uh, It can also depend on maybe county level sometimes or a city thing. It behooves you as the man where you're the one that in our current day and age, you're the one that stands the most risk and probably the most to lose. It behooves you to know the law.
2: Yeah. And if you have to get divorced, uh get the papers done first yeah you file you file first uh yeah. but th- that, that's the whole thing about with family law because it, it it exists outside of all other common law though too and it's and the thing the, the bad thing about it is a lot of it just comes down to what judge you get at the end of the day and it's hard as hell i, I don't think i think in texas you can appeal you can appeal uh family court decisions, but it's hard to do. And I know, like, I think there's some, there's some states that you can't even appeal those. So awesome. once, once once the judge makes a determination and a judgment, you're fucked, dude. Like, you can't appeal that. No, can't. I mean, it, it's just, it's just a whole, it's a whole different system of, of of, of law that ex- that exists outside of all other law It's fucking weird dude it's like a different dimension
1: you know nonstop grace question you know I don't know I guess it depends on how you define what a dating coach is but Rich Cooper talks about that shit all the
0: time. I know Rollo talks about it there's are, there are several other guys I've heard talk about it as well. Being sarcastic, too. I know that, but my sarcastic answer back is other than maybe like Rich and Rollo and guys like us that have actually gone through the process, you can't monetize this. Yeah, I you know, want to show guys the ugly side of trad con life. You know? Most yeah. of the dating coaches are not going to want to show you the ugly side because this is one of those ugly sides.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, sure. and that's the thing, too. But like, and, and like dating coaches, all that, all that shit there. Yep. All your gurus, if if you if you're ever concerned about who to follow as far as that goes follow the follow the ones that are trying to tell you how to think for yourself not what to think don't look for prescription in in that you know cuz they're not going to know what's best for you only you yeah. know
0: But it behooves you as, as to quote Rich Cooper, do the work, you know, look up wherever you're living, especially if you're, you know, contemplating living with a woman, which at some point we all at least consider it. We contemplate it or we do it. I've played house twice, once in a marriage, once in an LTR, and I was... Fortunate and lucky in some cases where I dodged a couple of bullets. Okay. But I also started learning from my end. Oh, shit. Here's something I didn't know. Oh, shit. Here's something else I didn't know. So, guys, it's not going to, it's not a bulletproof formula that, oh, if I do all these things, I'm guaranteed I'm going to walk out unscathed. No, there's no guarantees here. But at least you know what you're getting yourself into yeah and
2: then,
0: you because gotta, you, gotta, you have to i, I like
2: optional I like i like having a lot of options and it's just to me even living with with a girl shuts off a lot of those options unless she's a good girl and she brings in other girls you know I want
1: the option i want the option to have some fucking peace and quiet that's the yeah you know, <laughs> you're,
2: not, you're not gonna get that i'm gonna get that not most what? of the time you, you know
0: the- I- the other day bull you were getting into it with a couple of women Uh, it was in like a fail safe one of their chats one of their threads oh yeah i was fucking with them yeah and and they were going and and you were like well at least i could get some peace and quiet while i enjoy the decline
1: (laughs) (laughs) i do want to throw in real quick you know one of the one of the keys and most people don't think about this but i swear to you it makes a huge difference that if you do end up having to go through any kind of divorce or anything like that one of the keys i've known i've known too many dudes who went through going through a divorce they already you know a lot of them have been mind fucked into thinking it's all their fault and a lot of them you know through with well-meaning intentions just want to make it go as smoothly as possible and and get through it as quickly as possible for the kids or whatever so they just kind of they kind of roll over and play nice guy and the guys that i've known who have done that have typically paid out of their ass for it for years. it happened they get slaughtered when I went through my divorce, and and I made a lot of mistakes, you know, but one of the things that I did right is, is I, I went, I had a total scorched earth policy and, And part of that is knowing the law, which I, which I found out very quickly. So in my, you know, in our case, I I refused to leave the house because I bought the fucking house. So I'm not leaving my house. And so she left. And as soon as she left, I changed the locks because according to the law, if somebody moves out of the marital home, then um, in Alabama that. that, you know, they've abandoned it and you have every right to change the locks. So I did all that kind of shit. And I went, you know, I went pretty dirty behind the school bus as far as, you know, my negotiations with her about how this was going to go. And it certainly didn't make our, you know, whatever our relationship is, which is kind of non-existent, it didn't help that at all. But I tell you what, I've never, I've never gotten up Any morning since then, and said, "Oh fuck, man! I got to write another check, or I have to do this, or I have to do that." And now this bullshit is happening because because I basically, you know, I basically bulldozed it as much as I could and got what I wanted. Now sometimes you can't do that, and you have to finesse things. And there are some things that I had to finesse. But in your mental state, in your mindset, um, she's she's the fucking enemy. Yeah, and, your,
2: your overall strategy should be scorched
1: earth, and and whether you can do it with a smile on your face, you don't have to be a bull in a china shop about it. But don't roll over because you'll fucking regret it. And uh, and I know I know a lot of dudes who still are regretting it. Yeah,
2: going and, in, going in soft is not going to get you any favor. Uh, it's going to make you more of a mark yep. to, to her and to her her uh, her lawyer too.
0: Well, and like where Chess said earlier, you know, you pay pros to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when me and my ex-wife got divorced, I, she didn't have an attorney at all the entire time. And I never actually had to hire an attorney. But I paid an attorney for his time, his legal expertise. When she started talking alimony on the telephone, I paid him 200 bucks for about an hour and a half of his time. And it was the best $200 I ever spent because I took everything I had because I had everything documented. I had receipts. I had everything. Took it all in, showed him everything, told him what was going on and said, in your legal expertise, tell me what do you think is most likely going to happen here if, if she wants to try to make good on this threat. And he laid it out. And it was the best money I ever spent because it wasn't a guarantee that oh yeah you're fine no he's like well she actually does have a case here she has a case there but you've got a stronger one so if she really wants to fight you yeah she can but time's running out and at some point the court's gonna want to see her smiling face and that means she's got to travel on her own dime and come back to salt lake to deal with it And I would say, you know, I'm speaking as that attorney. He was like, I would say in my legal opinion, you have a stronger case than she does that you'd probably come out of it better. But that's why I'm here. Like Chess said, you pay pros to leave. And so guys, if you decide to wife one up, where you get involved in a common law thing because, hey, you know, pussy on tap and we get comfy and we like to do stupid shit. I get it. But you decide you want to leave, contact an attorney, find out exactly what you need to do. But ideally, know know the law so you kind of know what you're getting yourself into before it ever gets there. Before you decide to play house, before you decide to do the cute thing and man up and marry the hoe, fucking know what your laws are so at least you have an idea of what you're getting yourself into where you currently live or where you're going to live when you're wanting to marry this woman or spend any significant time with her so know know what you're getting yourself into and then to find out for sure
2: i think that's another maxim of winning being able to tell her to go home yeah here's another here's another one to
1: here's another rule of thumb date at least you know in between date at least in between before you want to get serious with somebody date at least 10 women because every single woman you date her ex-boyfriend or ex-husband was a narcissist or a sociopath once you've had 10 women i'll tell you that same damn thing that gives you a clue about female nature and probably most of the women you're going to meet because you're going to be that next sociopath or narcissist oh yeah that you're going to be they're going to be complaining about so think 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 about what they're telling you when they're telling you that shit because it's a it's a um, it's a tell Oh,
2: big time! Yep, like guys have that BPD, the BPD girlfriend
0: that I'm, I'm abusive and a narcissist and all that. I guarantee you. Yep, and I'm okay with that. I, it's like, hey, you can make up whatever yarn you want. I'll be the villain in your story. Just go away.
1: I've not dated one woman since my divorce who didn't escape an abusive relationship with a narcissist or a sociopath.
2: <laughs> I'm, I've actually, I've actually met some of the. Uh, past boyfriends of some, of some girls I've been going out with, and we we became better friends than fucking that girl. <laughs> my, we got rid of the girl, but we we stayed friends.
0: Yeah, we he and I became better buddies, and it was like wow, a whole different story from you that I what I got from her, right? You know, and even he said it. He's like, let me guess, I was abusive and controlling and a narcissist. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Oh, shit. Hey, guys, we are at the two-hour mark. Um, I want some dinner, so I think we need to do some housekeeping and then wrap it up. So, Rush, what are you making, what are you doing, and where can people find you?
2: Uh, You can find me at my house, but if you do, don't come by.
1: (laughs) Bring a bottle of Maker's Mark if you do. Mm, I'll
2: I'll let you in. I won't shoot you. I won't shoot you. uh, Yeah, uh, go go to Etsy.com backslash uh, Lazarus Razors got some some handle material and some other stuff coming in uh next couple days and i think next week you you're gonna start uh there's gonna be some new stuff up there on the site i think y'all gonna like it a bunch of cool stuff uh this,
0: jesus christ that that's an example here let me put, put you first. Yeah, put,
2: put on, on, the, on the thing damn yeah that's just uh that's g10 called uh ghost jade it's kind of see nice. through. but yeah that's what i'm working on nice
1: yeah so where can they find you Well, you can't find me, but you can go to punchriot.com and subscribe to the magazine. Uh, Magazine comes out once a month and um, we've also started doing radio plays. So while you're there, you can click on the uh, very first episode of Punch Riot Theater, starring Houston sub girl and all three masculine geeks.
0: So I can't come by your house and drink all your booze.
1: That's it's called the case of the missing vaginas. You don't want to miss it.
0: No. You don't want to miss the missing vaginas.
1: And Rob Rob plays Rob plays a um an autistic German. So <laughs> he
2: plays a German spurg. So it's it's shit. just to be clear, it's not a it's not about it's not a black pill comedy, is it? Because they miss vaginas. They don't get anything.
1: No, there's there's a there's a there's kind of a twist on what those vaginas actually are.
2: Are y'all gonna be doing a sequel?
1: Yeah, I'm writing it as we speak. Okay. That's what I've been doing for most of the show. Well, hurry up. Nick
0: <laughs> For you too, Nick. Say so what? Nick Tubas has a question for you. Rob. Well, so speaking of please ask Nick where the
1: hell January's issue is. Hey, we we have a new publishing schedule. The the issues come out on the last day of the month now. So it'll be out this weekend. There you go.
0: And guys, you can find me, obviously, at robsays.net. So check out my shit. Subscribe, like, all that. Hit all the stuff. Guys, glad to have you in the chat. As always, you are the million-dollar chat holes. So I'm going to go eat. Bull's going to go do bull stuff. Nick's going to go bang Spur Girl or whatever he's going to do. So Nick, take us out. Why? (laughs) Yeah. What is the... Oh, yeah. Yeah.